know that is not some crazy different type of music that we often get here on Civil 101.7 FM on the Abbotsford campus. This is an F1 theme song, but it's designed to be like our favorite, one of our favorite games, my favorite game at least, Cyberpunk 2077 inspired theme today here on the F World. How are you guys liking it? I think it's my favorite one so far. It's definitely up there. This is actually our guest's choice, who I was playing around with it, and he said, this is the one. We have, coming back from a, after a, a long hiatus, uh, has been since Bahrain, my brother Reese Gobin coming in here to hello, hello. be part of it. Thank you for having me. There we go. Appreciate nice his always being here. Yeah, so this is the theme for today. It's pretty fun. I like it. Yeah. Is going to get up again. Gets, gets, gets us going because it's obviously after a week or so off. It is a race week. Here we go. It's Austria. Finally. And so, a sprint week. And a sprint week. Oh. oh. That's, that's double chaos. It's double chaos. Was going a little to bit g- more polarizing that one. But <laughs> 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 Happy as always to see some kind of racing. You know, it. we'll definitely talk about the sprint race and your uh, Marion's, your wish for sprinklers and mini coopers and both the sprint and qualifying. But to get us even more chaotic, Reese, you brought us the totem for the day and a, and a little welcome back. I Thanks don't know if we're allowed to shout out brands here, but I will say that it is <laughs> far and away the best energy drink. It's lapping all other energy drinks. There's Multiple no comparison. Times Multiple times. Even their say. own. Even 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 its own. Even its even own. Its own. <laughs> we're of course we're actually are going to break the little the live radio rule. We are going to be drinking our Red Bull energy drink. So here Mike's here we go. Mike's all the way up for the ASMR. <laughs> there we go. Oh, I started drinking way before you guys. <laughs> That's not the point. <laughs> the point is is that we're having fun here on FDF World. <laughs> and we're of course Always have to turn you it's up. a first for me to not be the first one drinking, so. <laughs> <laughs> Always glad to have competition. <laughs> Happy to oblige. Dark. Dark. I'll drink good. to that. Dark, but good. <laughs> yeah, so today I thought we would do um, something a little bit different because obviously we don't have a, a race to go through, but we do have had on our on our Discord, we have had some uh, some of our listeners calling in and asking, uh, not sorry, calling in, but typing in. To say, well, what about this? This? What about this thought? What about this? And we, of course, have. We, I thought we'd have a fun time, kind of breaking that down, and uh, and kind of critiquing some of the thoughts and, and what we what we have thought about as well. But uh, to buy me time while I while I find the video to to talk about. Okay, uh, I was gonna say, which one do you want to start with? <laughs> there's 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 a there's a there's a few that we we could start. I'm I'm really kind of game for for anyone. Um, do you guys have? I, I specifically want to start with to kick us off on our deep dive conversation about drivers this season and a mix up that could or couldn't happen based off of some of the new uh, um, news stories that kind of have broken the last couple of days here. Because as always, with a rate with the off and on race week, we don't hear anything for about a week, and then between Sunday and Monday morning. 18 different stories happen that Marion's you and I have to figure out what we're going to talk about because there's surprisingly a lot, but also not a lot. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so to start things off, we'll start with the viewer submitted one, which was uh, some comments made by Peter Windsor. And if you don't know who Peter Windsor is, Peter Windsor is a very, very, he's a very, very good journalist and uh, was one of the ones that have uh, kind of spoken um, 
you kind of broke a lot of good stories in F1, has been around from, from like the 70s and 80s, has a really good mindset of drivers, but he has specific thoughts on George Russell. Yeah, also also to note that he was a team manager of... Some, uh, yeah. At one point, I think, for Williams and support, um, team support for Williams yeah. as well. He he did, he did actually, he's not just a journalist, but actually worked on, on the team as well. Yeah, he was a general um, manager. He's always been very, very involved with the, the F1 world. Yeah, um, great guy. I I do I do love I do like Peter. So this is one of the the thoughts he has said um, on the matter. So we'll just get right into it, shall we? Of course, it's not yeah. anything more or less than that. And you've got to remember, Lewis wanted to keep Valtteri. So something big happened there over the winter in Lewis's mind. Apart from a whole Abu Dhabi thing, they didn't listen to him, and they signed George. And there are a lot of good reasons to have George. He's the future. If Lewis retires, they've got the guy. That was the best, you know, more points for the team. All, video all of them actually amount to nothing if you put them alongside Michael Schumacher's obvious evidence of how to win a championship. You don't play around, and every point counts. Red Bull would never in a million years have thought of signing George Russell, even if he was available, and put him alongside Max Verstappen. If I was now drafted in as team principal at Mercedes, I would say, George, here's the contract. Some two pieces now, mate. If you want to keep driving, no problem. But sign on the dotted line here. You will never finish in front of Lewis Hamilton. Sorry. Wow. So that's from uh, Cameron F1, who uh, I've sent you guys some videos with from the channel as well. And with Peter Windsor's thoughts, and yeah, this c comes across off the heels of of George Russell getting into some heat, specifically after uh, Barcelona. This conversation always comes back up um, with George, but Mercedes signing George. And if you watch a lot of Peter Windsor's f YouTube channel and his and his and also his his uh, his. What's the what's the stupid site that Elon Musk owns right now? The new site, um, Twitter. 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 Yeah, yeah, the one that he's destroying. Um, yeah. So if you follow Peter Windsor's thoughts on 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 Twitter, he also often brings up George Russell as a problem at Mercedes and Marianne. I thought this would be a very fun one because you love old George. You love I do. Georgie. I do. And mm. I think we all love George. I think recently you and well, I like George well, too uh, to a degree. Sorry, I'll allow Marianne to to this one off here's here's the thing though right um if we listen to the entire 40 minute interview with with peter windsor he he does specify like this is not because george russell is a bad driver this is because mm -hmm. george russell is a good driver absolutely yeah. right and a competitive driver and it's it's really disadvantageous for a team to have two competitive good drivers because they can steal points from each other which can harm the team as a whole Right. So it's important to note that he also says that they should um, either keep George and get rid of Lewis or keep Lewis and get rid of George. Right. And that's his point is not the driver specifically. It's just a combination of the two, mm -hmm. um, which mm -hmm. kind of speaks volume as to what he thinks of Botas. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he, yeah. he talks. He does say um, that, you know, Botas was good. In, in, in general, too. Yeah, he but was good, it, but he was never great yeah. the way that yeah. George has potential to be yeah. great. He also yeah. put Botas and, and DeVries in the same category <laughs> yeah, of yeah. good partners for Lewis. So, But realistically, thinking of what we're having, what we're seeing right now in the, in the competition, it's pretty, It's pretty. that's a pretty standard. That's a good spot yeah. <laughs> to put him into. But and I, I think that that's a lot of the problem that the top teams have, right, is is the first and second driver dynamic. 
and the second driver's not always being happy with that dynamic. I mean, we see Perez sometimes, you know, oh. give it a try. You see signs, signs sometimes give it a try. Um, and and just like Lewis and George, sometimes they're not really good teammates. Mm-hmm. And not because of personalities, but just because they also want to win, which fair enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of on the side of, I, I kind of disagree. I think it's good to have George and Lamp and Lewis be teammates. Um, I think having two drivers that are world championship material and who are have a drive to be world championship is really good for where Mercedes is right now in terms of trying to take another world championship off of a very dominant Red Bull. That being said, I completely understand what Peter was saying in this and, and then in some more clips where it's just you have to have a very... Um, you have to know which one... You have to have a very clear and distinct who is your number one driver. Right, and yeah. I think that's the big thing is like you shouldn't you shouldn't have. I think you even mentioned it in was it Australia where George said something like "keep me out," and then within a couple corners later they said, "Okay, George, you're coming in." Yeah, yeah. And I think whether that is a decision based off of I think we also did debunk that it wasn't uh, like George is being feisty, so they're pulling him in. But it was also just we debunked it, but it's still fun to stipulate. Yeah, but I don't. Th- but even even though we would debunk it, I don't think it's necessarily wasn't all completely not true there's a reason it was a theory yeah Mm. yeah and i think george has a history of kind of saying no i've got the pace let me pass him and i think this just comes into if mercedes wants to be this this powerhouse they i i do kind of agree with with um peter just saying okay george you will never if we're in a position to get one podium spot it will not be you it's going to be our boy lewis if we have a chance to get one of the two of you on it's going to be lewis that's fair to say. I think that comes. This always comes up in our, a lot of our conversation when it comes to drivers and choosing number one with Ferrari. We talk a lot about it with Science and Leclerc, but in general, I thought it, I thought it was just a fun, interesting thing from the back hills of Barcelona to kind of Canada again with George. And th- there's actually some some things saying that George, some fans were saying that George should be penalized more for Barcelona, which I don't think he he should be for that that qualifying thing. Yeah. So I I don't want to speak to that. I guess I guess what I'll say is. Um, I think that for where Mercedes is right now, George is the best teammate for Lewis. And I know, Taryn, you and I talked about this yesterday, um, but last year, for example, Lewis had all of the experimental, you know, experiments done to his car, and George's responsibility was to be consistent and score them points and keep them in the in the running for Constructors' Championship. And he did. He, there was that, you know, however many races it was, he finished P5 at the... At the yeah, it, it's straight, you know. Yeah, just, how, how, like, there was a certain point where he was the most consistent driver, and I think that that's where he, that's what Mercedes needs in a driver too right now. I mean, of course, Lewis is going to be. I mean, he's he's a generational talent. He's unbelievable. He's nigh unstoppable in the right car. But Fernando Alonso is beating him in the drivers' championship. He is. Lewis is P three in that, but Mercedes is P two in the constructors' championship. So they don't need a, a, a second driver. Like, they're not worried about him stealing points from Lewis right now. Lewis is not going to be the the driver's champion, the world driving champion he, this year. He's not going to. Max Verstappen has that. Red Bull has the P1 in the Constructors' Championship. T- 
tied up with a bow on it. So they don't need to worry about, is George going to be stealing points from Lewis? What they need to worry about is, how are our two drivers doing? I mean, we can talk about how Lance Stroll is doing for Aston Martin and how everyone's furious oh, about how bad he is. And oh, and, 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 and rightfully so. But, That's a low shot. But, I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, given <laughs> what car he's in right now, he should be up there with Fernando. He should be up there with George Russell. And he's not. Yep. And so that's what Mercedes needs. I mean, when new regulations come in 2026, it'll be a different story. We'll see where Mercedes stacks up. And I mean, what Peter had said in his comments, he's not wrong about how if they are the one and two drivers in the race, you don't want to have somebody that's going to be potentially crashing out or fighting with Lewis. Like if, if you are in a position to win both championships, you want to have a clear driver, number one. But right now that that issue, it, it's a non-issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you want, if you, uh, I can play some of the, the like you said, the longer interview, and we can just like talk over it a bit. So and and two. Wh- it's a long interview. Yeah, no, no, I'm not saying though. No, I have, I have, the, I, I'm good at my job, guys. I, I have, the, I have, I wrote down the times of when he actually says some interesting stuff. board, they don't want to be involved too much in too much controversy. So I think it was that, and then. Uh, this is he Peter. wanted to keep Valtteri quite clearly. I love how he Not says controversy. Not because he thinks Valtteri is a quicker driver than George Russell. On the contrary, you know, he, he could see that without saying it too obviously, that having a balanced team like Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez, is a logical thing for a team if you want to have harmony and balance. And and, and that was disregarded as well, and they signed George. And Can we pause that for a second? I just road, fundamentally right? disagree with that. Um, where having a clear driver one and a clear driver two is more conducive to harmony and balance in a team. I mean, Valtteri was, I don't think he was happy with his position in Mercedes. Like he, uh, Peter talks about how Mercedes should have re-signed Valtteri at the end of 2020, 2021. But does anybody know what Valtteri's opinion on that was? Do you, does anybody know if he was clamoring to keep his spot at Mercedes or if he is kind of finished being Lewis's you know, ball boy, so to speak. From from what I saw in both, obviously, the quote-unquote real Drive to Survive uh, show and everything, but also just um, the, like you know, reading a lot of the 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 um, the, the news. He, he wasn't really happy. No, he he was ready to go, move on to something else. Yeah. Um, maybe take a maybe it, it sounded yeah. like a little a break of. Of being in that that mm-hmm. situation, I haven't seen Drive to Survive, so I have no input on the that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. the drama that surrounded mm. that show and and the insight that it gave. But um, I am curious. So there's two aspects to your take: is that one is the the just the overall dynamic of a good team, mm-hmm. right? And that you don't agree with with Peter Windsor in saying that like it should be balance of a clear one and a clear two, and then. There's the driver aspect with Valtteri Bottas, which he was not happy with Mercedes. Putting the the personalities of the drivers aside for a sec, um, let's unpack that first statement. Uh, well, I guess, okay. Because I, I don't mean that a team is better off not having a clear one and two. I think that a team is. But I would not say that with the Formula One grid, like all of those drivers, all 20 of them, they are at the top of their game. They all are there because they believe that they have what it takes to be a driver number one. And I don't think that 
somebody would sit back and be like, yeah, for sure. If, if I'm, if it seems like I have the advantage and if it seems like I'm driving faster this race, no worries, let him pass me. I'll hold up the traffic. I don't think that there is a single person that would just be like, you know, yeah, that that's what I'm here for. I'm only here as a support unit. I think that all of them, given the opportunity, are going to want to cross that checkered flag first. Um, and so I just don't think that it, it is as harmonious to have a clear one and a clear two for both of the drivers. I think you're always going to run into a position where, like Valtteri, they're going to get to a point where they're like, you know what, I'll go to a different team, I'll be driver number one, and you, you know, carry on without me. Right, uh, and that's that's usually how they shift around. But on the harmony of the team, mm. I would argue that if we look at Fernando and Stroll's relationship, having a clear one and a clear two seems to be working for them. Absolutely, because, absolutely. But that's, for Fernando, that's, for, for Aston Martin, maybe not so much. For Fern- But for Aston Martin, no, not so much, um, especially with that much of a... Uh, discrepancy between yeah. number one and number two but it's it's just to use it as a drastic example of mm-hmm. the harmony between the two drivers right where Fernando yeah. and Stroll seem to be getting on um, regardless of Stroll's dad and being the employer of Fernando it is a little more convoluted than it sounds I understand that in some I think it, it depends on the situation I think Peter is right in the sense that historically it's been proven that having a clear number one driver with a clear number two driver who's not necessarily on the competitive side, but just on the skill side, not as good to be able to compete with the number one driver, Mm. better for the overall team than to have two number one drivers that can compete with each other and then steal points from each other and then bring you know, someone that could have been winning the championship down a spot because they took those points, but they don't have enough to make it all the way into the championship, right? I, so I, it's I do agree if the car is able to win you a championship. So that I think is the key point that is really the the deciding factor, right? Like if Red Bull I mean, he's not wrong about Red Bull bringing in George Russell. They wouldn't have done that. They don't want somebody to take points from Verstappen because their car will win the championship. But does Verstappen will win if it's him and Perez, right? I I don't know. I wonder about Red Bull because Red Bull has such an advance that would it would it really matter if the P1 and P2 were duking it out if they're from the same team? The team still gets the same amount of points. They they did say race but don't crash each other out and it you can kind of see that even with when and we'll we'll get to danny rick later on because danny rick is just a <laughs> great person to, to bring up in this, i love in this his scene. smile yeah but he's washed and um, much else. yeah <laughs> but like danny rick when he was with sometimes max, that's all that's needed <laughs> sometimes yeah Touché. but even danny rick when he was with max they were allowed red bull has a very good mentality of letting them race until they crash out crash each other and then that's when they usually gets and gets in problem but i don't think that they they make it very clear both that max is their number one guy but paris is still supposed to be racing to him to his standards so how can you really have a harmonious number one and number two in a team that is demanding that their number two driver also race like number one and be and be and be on the category of number one as yeah. well. Nobody's going to be on Max Verstappen's level. No. Yeah, I, I think that's just a Verstappen thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, Red Bull. Red Bull, I think, is a unique situation because not only do they have the most dominant car, but 
it is like absolutely Max Verstappen's team in a way that Mercedes was Lewis Hamilton's team. And now that they're in the position they're in, I think they're willing to give George a little bit more leeway than they gave Valtteri just because it's like, get us as many points as you can. Yeah. So uh, Red Bull, I mean, it's tough to stack anybody up with them because I mean, and realistically, if, if Red Bull started allowing, you know, just to, to go, sorry, I'm jumping all over the place to go back to, to your point, Marianne, about like, would they care about a P1, P2 fight? I think that if Verstappen didn't get enough points and he said, you know what, I'm just going to leave next year, that would be an absolute disaster. So they would do whatever it took to make sure he's the one coming out on top. I think that in that, that situation, I agree with Peter, where you do want a one and two. And again, it's because they're in the spot to win both championships, right? Mercedes isn't worried about Lewis winning the championship this year, but they are worried about beating Aston Martin, right? So... That's where a George Russell comes in handy because not only because you can attack them with two fronts, right? Lewis and Fernando, go do your thing. Fernando got Fernando's up by what is it, ten points or something on Lewis? I think so. Yeah, but if, if Stroll tight. gets injured again, they they really have a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oh, that's so good. But that 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 adds more. Like Been sitting on that on one for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. Tell. you thought of that one five days ago. <laughs> well, I think it. I, I think it was with you, Taryn, um, that we were talking about how comparatively, when Stroll was injured, he was doing so much better than he's been doing lately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think and that maybe breaking some toes would be uh, of benefit to the team at this moment. <laughs> it's like you know, like those those. Um, I think the joke I said that got a little dark was the uh, like the, those sports dads that really want to live vicariously through their kids, so they like yeah. purposely give them the injuries to like you get all you get you get you get all this help and everything. But yeah, it's I I generally do wonder if that special cast made for him. Uh, for Bahrain, for Stroll, for Bahrain, did actually help him a lot, keep his hand a little bit more stable so he could go through the corners a bit I, more I don't confidently. Know. I don't know if it was the cast or maybe like, you know, when you're injured and you're competing, you tend to want to overcompensate. So you push mm-hmm. yourself like so much harder because you're like, I have a disadvantage, so I need to compensate and you tend to overcompensate. I, that I don't was know Lance if you guys... Stroll's uh, Michael Jordan flu game. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. I don't know if <laughs> you guys have done competitive sports, but like, especially in martial arts, like mm. that was a lot of the mentality is like, if I got hurt and then I got put in the ring, I would try a lot harder. It was a lot more motivating to try than sometimes going in the ring completely healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so maybe... Maybe a broken nose, a couple broken toes, you know, maybe maybe something, a slight rib fracture, who knows? <laughs> Marianne is on air asking for someone to jump Lance Stroll. Please. <laughs> that boy needs to be mugged. <laughs> right? We need someone, we need to go there. But to, uh, to answer Reese, A uh, quick disclaimer, I do not promote violence. <laughs> Unless it's to get Lance Stroll a podium. We're all pacifists like, here, but. but. But Lance Stroll, we would like you to get a podium somehow. But to uh, answer Reese's, Reese, um, L- Fernando Alonso is 15 points ahead of Lewis. One and the five. One, one, one 17 are one of our, some of our favorite numbers. Yeah, <laughs> 117 yeah. to 102 uh, and three and four. And then from George, George Russell is sitting 65 points in the Drivers' Championship and Lance Stroll is 37. Mm-hmm. So just under 30? So like 28 points or something behind yeah. him? Mm-hmm. So... so it's a bigger gap for for Russell and Stroll for sure. For Fernando, it's uh, unfortunately at the moment like a crash out. Yeah, difference. Yeah. yeah. If Fernando crashes out, DNFs a race, and Lewis gets second place. 
that's it. They're they're neck and neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? There actually is a really interesting article here on on F one dot com that is saying that the title is Al- Alonzo reveals what out uh, quote outstanding and quote stroll needs to do to be fighting for the top five. And step one, be better. Yeah. Step two, break a rib. <laughs> yeah, 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 or yeah. a nose. Yeah. <laughs> do you uh, think if you had a tooth removed, it would be the same? Or, or maybe just do a root canal. Not enough, exactly. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. We'd have to try different injuries, and, and then have keep full a metric. Set of by the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. keep keep a metric on the pain to performance level. Right. Yeah. Track it and see what is the optimal point of equilibrium on that. Hey, I'm here for that study. Yeah. He and then Alonso says, uh, you know, obviously the talk he talks about, you know, I, I know Lance from 2012. Actually, he met him here at Ferrari, uh, Montreal Ferrari in that. Um, Lance is showing, he says, I think Lance is showing speed in the car, the commitment we saw at the beginning of the year as well, the racing with a broken hand and things like that. You only see this when you really have passion for something that you're doing. Okay, that's a granted. So that's not really showing... Uh, but it is, goes on to, to talk about more of the, the sparks that you see in Azerbaijan and all these things. So like kind of how you and I have talked about, he goes up and down, up and down, has always kind of stayed consistently Lance Stroll and P5 and that. But he says, uh, I think for him, the most important thing now is to get the consistency weekend after weekend. That consistency is going to be the next step in his career to be constantly fighting for the top five. And then at the end of the year, you see the amount of points that you, that you gain when you get all the weekends right. Yeah. But as I said, with the motivation, the commitment that he has, and the team that Aston Martin Aston Martin is building now, I think it's a matter of time that this will come. So it's just kind of what we've always been saying. Can I back up a second and, and just repeat where he says what uh, Lance Stroll needs is consistency, and then rewind it to what I said earlier about how Mercedes asked from George consistency last year, and that's what he delivered on. Well, so going- Lance isn't racing anybody except George Russell, and the one thing that he needs to do better is what George has proven to be so great at. Right, yeah. so I'm glad that you brought there... it back to that because I was going to segue into to saying something similar that yeah. we've Marianne and I have always talked about consistency. And when we look back at George's, as uh, well Lance's consistency, he's up and down with he hasn't gone much higher than P5. Uh, he got oh no, he got the P4 because of the the wild the three flag circus of yeah. Australia, but everyone in Australia was messed up. But on and and even to Australia, George was messed up because of things. So it is very what's, much a consistency thing. What's the difference in experience uh between stroll and, and russell remind me um well stroll's been in f1 for longer uh and was as a driver williams. started at williams uh racing point uh, with his dad and in terms of experience i mean with, with european from my understanding you all kind of go into the same leagues and kind of i don't think there was yeah much you start overlap. at like five yeah, yeah. I don't know, looking up their history, there isn't much overlap between the two of them in um, in F2 and F3. Uh, let's see his F. What's the age difference between the two? Ooh, good question. I think Let Stroll's a bit older. He's 24. Um, I always get, side note, I always get so depressed looking at the age of professional athletes. Actually, wait. Look at myself. And, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Can't compare your outside to someone's so, inside. George, George oh, no, is no, no, sorry, the other way around. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. don't compare your insides to someone else's outsides. <laughs> George is actually older uh, by eight months. Um, oh, okay, eight months. not, not really. Yeah, Same so age. George is twenty-five. Yeah. born in February. 
And Lance is 24, born in October. I don't know why I thought Lance was a lot younger. Um, I thought Lance was older. So I did I. Actually, I thought that Lance was actually, older. Actually, I said in this episode, we were, we were on the tape, and you'll find yeah. you hear me say that. <laughs> no, I absolutely. Because then, then I guess I would understand the difference between consistencies in both drivers, right? If there was uh, a huge difference in either experience or age. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, it's... I think George it's, it's kind of just resorts back to breaking a rib. I, I think <laughs> I think though George has had in terms of consistency and experience, George has had more experience being demanded by the team though. George was brought in to Williams to true. be a, a point scorer to show that the team has promise and that Claire Williams was doing something right, which we know she wasn't. Uh, that team clearly wasn't because you and I talked about this last episode that there's like 20 years of of out-of-date methods that they're still using yeah. uh, for their the development. I mean, look at the floor difference. Did we yeah. all see that? Was it <laughs> yeah. two weeks ago? It was in Monaco. Monaco, yeah. Yeah, yeah where, where everything's changed. Crazy. But even... You Put think a piece of, of plywood down there, you know what I mean? It'll do the same thing. Yeah, but you think of, you know, two weeks ago, you look at Canada, and Canada, they did well. Albin, with, the, with their new developed car, did, did fairly well. Obviously, that's Albin being able to defend um, his spot and a very different time from George, but... At the same era of car and engine and everything, George was being asked to do more in a car that was proven to not be as good as Lance's in yeah. racing point. Um, but that's kind of, I think, that like to tie that back to kind of Peter Windsor's thoughts on George and, and Lewis and the Mercedes thing, like, I, I, I'm on the same side of, like, I think we're all three of us together kind of feel the same way of fair comments, but very different. If, if Mercedes was in a title fight with Red Bull, I'd say they'd have more weight than yeah. they do. Because I still think Lewis is, is, and it's showing that Lewis is still doing a lot of development with the car. And I think that's what makes the W14 Mark II really, really cool to see is that we're actually live seeing a driver have input on the car and making changes with the car and not just seeing you see obviously seeing lewis embed himself really heavily with the team that he's still not contracted to be further than i think next year with um but get there yeah he will look at the bag uh but you're also seeing like george also have the same type of comments that these two drivers are very embedded in that team so i don't really know how much fight there is between the two of them between lewis and, and george specifically of who's number one and number two because yeah i think especially when we look at you know team building and then relationships between teammates uh things like that we don't always get the full picture from the outside it's probably more convoluted Mm -hmm. than we can imagine i do think that on a basis level peter windsor brings up some good points about what works historically in a team yeah, Whether or not that applies to Mercedes, I mean, I just don't know enough. Yeah, yeah. And and, and no, I think in like no way do we as student journalists want to go against <laughs> an award-winning F1 journalist <laughs> and what his thoughts and, and team and, and former team manager. I don't, I don't know. I mean, isn't that time. what's in vogue right now? Is students just 
you know, <laughs> uprising and claiming experience they don't have. That is exactly. true. I exactly. mean, look at Tennessee. Would make me yeah. feel younger, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he actually, I think to this, I think it's this point here I was trying to get to where he, he does say something. Just throw his hands up as Christian Horner did when he had Bettel and Weber and say, oh, you know, race each other hard, no team <laughs> orders, but don't run into one another, which is, you know, a fatuous comment. And so and that's what will happen. And so, so from Lewis's point of view now, given all of that, it's either, you know, a, a next year's either another year of more of the same, maybe a little bit better, or potentially knowing Mercedes, they might have a great car, but then it's going to be massive aggravation anyway. Mm. So, and it's not even the same as Nico, who he's known, who he knew for a long time, and they kind of understood comment. one another. This I thought this was an interesting one. Together. That comment from Lewis. Uh, I Nico. Mean, yeah, you only have to think back to when. Uh, I think that that, that made it worse. George had with I mean, again, I don't know. I don't know. I can't. Uh, or, or indeed to harass that. In the yeah. So the other thing to keep in mind is that this interview that we're talking about specifically happened nine months ago. Um, and that would have been, I think, like what, September, well, October ish? No, so right was, after Zan, Zanford? It was published nine months ago. We don't know when it was ran. Fair. Right. True. Um, and it was, yeah, nine months ago would have been uh, three months from December, November. No, okay, that's yeah. that's October, that's, that's September. September. I don't. September. I can't count actually. <laughs> Which was you know? Suzuka. It was. It was after. It was. I believe it was after the season was over, but I could be wrong. No, because if it was Maybe. coming out in September, that was like right around yeah. Suzuka in Japan. So Probably. it would have been right after like Monza and Zandvoort. So, yeah. so then they kind of mentioned Monza and Zanvoort. In, What's in the, the full what are we referencing? Sorry. I the the Peter Windsor interview that. This interview oh, was the, nine the, months ago. Nine that's months a full, ago. yeah. So and it was before the season interesting ever context started. Then. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and the, the bit I showed before where he just said, okay, sign the dotted line. That was dated seven, six months ago that I, that I saw that published, that I saw the date. So right around the time that it's ending. I and think that makes it make even less sense to me, though. You know, for yeah. Mercedes is twenty twenty two. Mercedes is closer to being a title contender in this season than they are than they were last season, right? Yeah. Well, at the beginning of the year, they were about exactly the same where they were at the end of last. But year. but last season is is what I mean, where they needed George's consistency, and and to say that George is throwing a wrench in their championship or, or contender plans is is so. It to me, I mean, maybe there's something that I'm missing here, but to me, it just seems so. I mean, I hesitate to use the word foolish, but it's like, you know, George helped them a lot last year. And yeah, for sure. Pardon? (laughs) Use the word foolish. (laughs) (laughs) But but, uh, foolish, it seems foolish to me. I mean, George really proved his worth last year when Lewis was tied up with the experiments with the, how do we make this car better? How do we do this? How do we do that? And yeah, Mercedes as a team should have listened to Lewis more. You can see that now where the aerodynamic strategy that he recommended that they didn't follow. Now they're kind of shifting their focus to follow that and they're doing better and better. But to say that George ruined anything for them last season is just wrong. I mean, he kept them in, he kept them up there with points time after time. Time after time. time. I hate that that you both beat me to that that same joke that I was was going to make. I love it. I will never forgive you for that. So moving on to the next piece of news. Yes. You know what? I feel that the theme of Peter Renzer's thoughts on, on George Russell will come up again. But news this morning broke. Uh, that Alpine secure a 200 million euro backing from investors, including Hollywood actor, as well as Canadian icon, 
Ryan Reynolds. I like that you added Canadian because a lot of the responses on Twitter to that article were the Americans are ruining F1. And I'm like, um, well, he's he's Canadian. Ironically, that proves that the Americans are ruining Ruin. F1. Abs- absolutely. The Americans saying that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, I do like to point out Euros. that he's Canadian. We, yes. we definitely want to keep claiming that one. Yes. Yeah, it, it's not necessarily just Ryan Reynolds. It's his investment group. So the investor group formed of Autro Capital, Redbird Capital Partners, and Maximum Effort Investments. That's where Ryan Reynolds comes in. Have acquired a 24% stake in the F1 team, placing the value, say Alpine, at around 900 million pounds. I mean, Euros. The group have been involved with with NFL side, Dallas Cowboys, French club, uh, Toulouse FC, and English football team, Wrexham AFC. So I think that's the, the crux of what makes this story interesting to me is Ryan Reynolds and Wrexham, knowing the history of what has happened with that team in the last two years, the popularity of F1 coming in, but also a specifically a team that Wrexham historically was kind of mediocre, good. And now we're getting into Alpine, who is in the same position, mediocre, good, fifth best, but realistically has the potential to be pushing, pushing against P4. Yeah, as we've seen, uh, P4 as we've seen P5. this this year. Yeah. yeah. So, but Marion, you and I have talked a number of times of the Alpine CEO Laurent Rossi has Rossi Rossi has come in, and he's now like, "This is amazing." But Rossi also has gone. I'm not afraid to fire people. All of this is what's interest is interesting to me. Right. So, what are what are your thoughts exactly on on the Ryan Reynolds aspect of stuff? I'll, I'll leave it to you two first. Yeah. Personally, <laughs> I don't care. Um, I think it's great. Sure, let Ryan Reynolds buy it. Let Ryan Reynolds buy a golf team next. Any sport that has a Netflix for the documentary. Um, he's yeah, the yeah, he's not, I saw no that. I, yeah, oh. yeah. Another um, someone else I think that anybody that's expecting or thinking that this has a chance of being like a Wrexham where he comes in and then turns it around and next season they win, I think they're going to be disappointed. Um, the sports are just fundamentally different. And especially now that the uh, cost cap is in, uh, there there's less ability to maneuver. You know what I mean? Like the, the teams spend as much as they can and that's it. I don't think that there are going to be aerodynamic specialists flocking to Alpine to work with Ryan Reynolds the way that there are football stars. Um, but just my two cents. I disagree. I, um, I think that Ryan Reynolds, especially looking at his investment portfolio, has shown time and time again that when he chooses to invest in something, he gets personally involved, right? He's not the type of investor to just throw money at it and sit back and wait for the income to come passively. Mm-hmm. And because of the amount of resources he's got, because of his investment continuously climbing with his business decisions, I think that if he chooses to do this, he's seeing something that we're probably not privy to. He's seeing an opportunity to have a massive return on investment because he's not looking at this from, oh, I like racing or I like the show. Mm. He's looking at this like a business person. The thing is, he's a ridiculous business person because he also dresses up like the weirdest superhero. (laughs) Right? <laughs> so we we often confuse him with just another His Hollywood character. actor. Yeah, and I I think that that's where the press is getting a lot of you know clickbaity articles out of this. Is look at this Hollywood star who's deciding to make business moves, and it's like no, look at this businessman who is worth three hundred and fifty million dollars from yeah. his investments. A lot of that money is not from acting. 
as soon as he started, he started making investment and he's been climbing into what kind of investment he's been wanting to make. He's been talking about entering the Formula One and Alpine specifically for a while now, right? So Mm -hmm. I think that if he's making that decision, I trust he's a, I trust he's an intelligent enough business person that this is going to be a return on investment for him. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. It'll be a return on investment. I think that Alpine, as of right now, or at least was uh, a fairly undervalued team just because of its lack of success and, and everything going on behind the scenes. I mean, they were Renault and then, you know, fired Cyril and, and so on. Like, uh, so I, I agree that it'll be a return on investment, but they I just, lack resources too. Uh, right? True. It's, it's not just about money. Like, yes, there is a budget cap, but how close to the budget cap was Alpine last year? Mm. Or I don't have that, that at my fingertips. Mm. No, that neither do I. But, yeah. um, you know, I'd be interesting to look at that. And even if they did reach the budget cap, what are the other resources that, you know, someone that is so attached with a marketing team can bring to the table? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does say here in the, at the very bottom of the news article on Formula1.com, it just says the news comes as part of a wider announcement from Alpine that sees that sees them set a target of achieving 8 billion euros in revenue in 2030 and to break even in 2026. Mm. So to to answer the question of what my thoughts are on this, I'm kind of in this. Is it cheap for me to go like, I agree with both of you? <laughs> um, or kind of, Absolutely. Kind of, I'm kind of, okay, okay, I have to choose one side. We'll say it's more nuanced. Yeah, I'm of. I'm kind of more lenient towards your thoughts, Marianne. I think that it is good. And there's so many ways it's really good. I think that you're right. He, uh, Ryan Reynolds has always been very heavily invested in um, the sports. And I think that also Alpine itself is one of the few teams that it's in a very good position, unique position, I'd say, to bring new investors in and to have results on track as well. If they can, you know, obviously sneak in. But you're, you're right in the sense that they don't have a lot of resources. They're a team that's kind of bleeding them out a little bit. And they're in needing... A good face for the company, especially after Laurent Rossi, who is the CEO of Alpine, has kind of not been the best face in the last month or two after some of his comments about the team. And to have someone like Ryan who comes in with the Riz and with um, uh, who is who's who's a likable person in the media, but also genuinely, you look at what he's done for the Wrexham team of how the players interact. You don't think that having Pierre Gasly and and Esteban Ocon, the the like having the interactions with him, having his motivation in the in the garage, him being at the races, isn't going to have a very big, noticeable impact uh, or at least physical impact on the team morale. I think it definitely will be, and I think he's a guy that even if you just look at the movies that he's in, is always a morale type of morale booster type of uh, actor and character, and so having that around F one. Always a good, uh, always a good thing, but at the same time, um, the the Mercedes fan in me would love them to fail. Did we did we watch the same Deadpool here? What was Which the one? life lesson in that one? Maximum effort. <laughs> Maximum effort. <laughs> if you get hurt, just hope you can regrow any part of your body. Yeah, yeah. Green um, Lantern, anyone? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, we talk about Green Lantern. Speaking of comebacks, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, it's not. It's also not just his investment choices with sports, right? Like sports is a really good business in the sense that it it brings in a lot of money. Um, But even if we look at his other business ventures like marketing, like Aviation Gin, like Mint, which he sold um, recently, I think, Mm -hmm. right? 
like he's just made a lot of good business decisions and then he uses those decisions and not only invests money but invests his own time and so far he seems to have been pretty successful with that so i'd be i'd be interested to see what how much he gets involved with alpine and what he does you make good points you make good points that i hadn't really considered because he's silly looking well (laughs) it's that and i mean i hate to say it i'm canadian i am i you know love any canadian icons but I just I'm I'm kind of over Ryan Reynolds. I don't know. It's just like, dude, we get just, it. You my, know what I mean? Mic. Yeah, for real, for real. <laughs> right. It's just like it's like enough, enough, Ryan. We get it. You're funny and you're cute and you're the guy and you're affable. But it's like, dude, did like, you just call Ryan Reynolds cute? I mean, he, he objectively is. he is. He's what am I gonna? I'm gorgeous. I'm not gonna deny it. He's a very attractive, good-looking man. He's funny, whatever. But it's like, dude, enough. Enjoy your pile. And like I don't know, Joy being married to Gossip Girl. Well, it's like I don't know, I don't <laughs> know. Have you seen like the back and forth Twitter between those two? Sometimes it's great. It's but, you but why are you to... tweeting each other? This is part of it. It's like you're married, like you know what I mean. Okay, Text no, each other. As, as it's someone... all a bit. It's all a performative. Like, and I get it. That's being a celebrity, but it's like, dude, just stop. It's it's not just that. As someone who on on public forums will get into gif wars with my guy. You know, like there's there's a, a certain performance to it, but it's also just really funny. Yeah. And yeah. and if it's funny and yes. you're the only two that are enjoying the funniness, yeah. you know, sometimes funniness needs to be shared. Yeah. And just think of the roasting potential that there is now for him and the team. So Right. Plus go. some of the roasting is genius and can be recycled to other positions. So exactly. you know you can never have too much comedy out there. Okay. Yeah. That being said, the another the other <laughs> as, the other I, I'm in the minority. I know I am. It's a quite an unpopular opinion, and that's fine. I, I'm standing I, by it. I agree that some Canadians we could just let the Americans claim. I think it's. I don't. Know. I don't it's agree that Ryan that, Reynolds man. needs to be on it's that. Not, it's not even about that, man. Stay in Canada. Be a Canadian. Pay your taxes. It's all fine. I'm okay with him being Canadian, but it's like. People don't have to be everything, you know, like it's, they don't need to be in everything. They don't need to be in either. everything like you don't need to, you know, like yeah. it's OK. And if he wanted to quietly buy Alpine and inject some cash in there because he loves the sport and everything like I get that. And I'm sure I mean, I don't know how much of this news article is him being like, call the presses. I just bought Alpine or how much it is. Other bought people truly, Alpine, you know, I think it's more other people considering they I'm call sure. him a Hollywood actor. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it is. Right. But, They're not yeah, talking just, about his business portfolio. They're talking about his acting career. which is not relevant i think that if he does use his image for marketing purposes to get more revenue for alpine that's smart he should be in everything because that's what he brings to the table it's annoying Mm -hmm. because you see him everywhere granted but on the other end if he didn't do that if he did it quietly his investment wouldn't return to him as as big he You're needs to use his tools, You're and his wrong. tools is his cute face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exceptionally cute Re- face. O- over the weekend, Exceptionally Reese. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Reese, over the weekend, you, ta- you uh, had told me that um, you really, you, you thought Aston Martin's use of social media and everything was really on point. Fernando Alonso specifically. But specifically around Fernando Alonso, and I, and I agree. And I think that but one of those things is was... Speaking of cute and funny. Well, yes, yeah. Speaking of cute and funny, I don't know about cute, but, but definitely funny. Certainly but, funny. But definitely one of the things that <laughs> Aston Martin did was find cute and funny TikTokers. 
and and helped redesign their entire um, social media. You're right. You're right. But that's that's their job. That's their job. They are social media managers. And Fernando Alonso's job is to be a Formula One driver, and that's what they're doing. But in this, but in this new kind of popularity of the sport to manage social media, to have someone like a face for the company that is likable, personable, that's just they're like, hey, I'm here to make it look good and to Mm -hmm. put money into it so it can be good. Like that's just the nature of the life now. And I, is, it, th- is it really the same as say, you know, looking at the fact that Tom Cruise puts money into some companies that are involved with Mercedes yeah. and Brad Pitt being yeah. there, obviously for the movie and stuff, yeah. but having all these things around there, like and but I've he's been, not on their posters. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's another thing that Peter um, Windsor, yeah. he had said in, in one of the uh, podcast episodes you had sent me was uh, like, for example, drive to survive. It presents a very narrow view of yeah. the sport, right? So people, that come into it watching Drive to Survive see a race with very little overtaking and they're like, oh, that was boring. It's well, not no, a boring No race. overtaking in one or two. Yeah, in one or one. So, 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 so I think that this Ryan Reynolds move, it, it kind of, it, it's more of that direction where it's like, well, I didn't, I watched a Formula One race and I didn't even see Ryan Reynolds. And it's like, that's not what it's about. And it's becoming more and more about that. And that's what I don't like because I think it takes away from airtime for other more valid questions and opinions and and discussions around the sport well i i have a question then would it be better if he wasn't an actor because i don't believe that him getting involved is going to bring it back to more of drive to survive and for the record i've not yet watched that because i don't have netflix (laughs) but um but taking a stand of your own there (laughs) no i just (laughs) i'm kidding i'm kidding this is what happens when you're broke man um (laughs) yeah but would it would it be better if he wasn't an actor? You know, what if what if he was a YouTube celebrity? What if he was Mr. Beast? I think it would what? be it would be the same. I would have the same opinion about it. You know, if 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 somebody that is not, uh, I'd I mean, be more again, angry. With Mr. And Beast and I don't know. How, and I I wouldn't say that I'm like my opinion on this isn't because of Ryan Reynolds, the person, no. the actor. My opinion, I, I feel this way because it's it's something else that's taking away from the sport. And it's more about the pageantry. It's a similar reason why I don't want to see Daniel Ricardo in uh, a driver's seat. Unless there's like an expansion team and so on, it changes. It's taking away from the opportunity for somebody else for the sake of pageantry. He's, you know what I mean? And and this sport itself is so interesting and the sport itself is so complex and there's so many things and moving pieces and things going on that like it shouldn't be, pro- shouldn't have to be propped up by like, and also now we have Ryan Reynolds, you know, I can understand it from a business perspective, perspective for him. I totally get adding to his portfolio and dumping some resources in there and, and, you know, getting that return on it. I totally understand that. I just wish that it was less. Ryan Reynolds is buying Alpine and more Alpine has secured a large investor, you know? I mean, the, the, at the same time, the, the news title is literally Alpine secures 200 million euros backing from investors, including Hollywood actor Ryan Reynolds. Uh, fair. So fair, in a way, it is fair. still saying... They do put Alpine first, but yeah. I, I guess... But what percentage I get... of that article is, is specifically mentioning Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, I guess I I understand what you're saying, but I'm wondering, are we not jumping the gun on saying that it's going to add to pageantry? Oh, I am jumping the gun. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. Because we don't know. Yeah, but history can tell us. But history has shown us. We have a fairly educated opinion on it. History has shown us that some people 
right, are celebrities that make business decisions. And some people are mm-hmm. business people who just happen to be famous. That's true. Right. But and, Ryan Reynolds, I, like he's a business person, but he, he started a Netflix show about his soccer uh, football team. Like a big part of it for him is to improve not only his portfolio, but his brand. You know what I mean? Absolutely, because that's how he then makes more investments, Absolutely. right? And he's Absolutely. he's going to climb past saying. the Formula One. What? No, no, no I'm just <laughs> just hands up. We're in a shootout. And I'm sitting here as the bartender. Poor bystander. I'm sitting here as the bartender. Y'all need to be quiet here. No, I'm I'm just I'm wondering if it's not too early to tell, right? If you might not be pleasantly surprised to see that, like, yes, he does use some of the pantry to to his advantage, but also brings forward via the pageantry the other aspects we're not seeing with Drive to Survive. That's that's my question is, does your perspective or does our perspective change if, let's say, next the next year or so, Alpine starts to get more podiums and starts to be fighting to be part of the big three, no longer best of the worst? Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Is that... How much yeah. does our opinion change if there's... Yeah. I don't think that my opinion would change, though. I mean, I my opinion right now isn't like... I hate that he's buying it. And maybe I've made a bad job. Buying, into, into, buying, yeah. in, buying into it. Buying, Bu- buying into it. Buying very, into very it. Clear. Yes, yes, yes. Very. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Buying into it. My, my opinion is that I, I don't want it to become more of a pageant show. Yeah. And if, if it turns out that, you know, he doesn't do that or they don't do that and they what happens is they just become a much more competitive and better team absolutely that's a success and I'll, I'll celebrate that but if they stay exactly where they are and it's just more news articles referencing their celebrity part owner that's where it's like okay great can we talk more about like the you know technical regulations and so on you know like mm-hmm. I just think that those aspects already don't get the same kind of air time as so, like the you know who do you have in top three? Is it Lewis Hamilton or Max? You know what I mean? Like all of this kind of, I mean, pageantry, really. That's just the word yeah. of the day for me. No, I, I understand that your your point isn't about Ryan Reynolds personally. It's mm-hmm. just the fact that it's a celebrity, yeah, right, that is stepping into this game while we're already having the issue of Drive to Survive bring this almost reality TV aspect to exactly. Exactly. a sport that is so much more than the personalities that they show. I understand that point. Personality they show is only a a fraction of really again, right? right? And and I get that. I'm just for me, I'm hoping that there's going to be a bit of pageantry because it is a celebrity, and it's it's first off just going to be that for a bit. But once that settles out, instead of riding that till it's like a dead horse, Mm. right? It's going to fizzle out, and then actual changes within the business within the company are going to start being produced by intelligent business decisions Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what i'm hoping is that so far regardless of him being a celebrity or not he's proven to be quite a, a good business person when he gets personally involved into a project he does use the tools that was given to him which sometimes is his personality but sometimes he uses stuff we don't see that's fair right that's fair and i'm interested to see what he can bring to bring in more money and bring in more resources for alpine to use on the technical side and to to that point and even to what and to also kind of to support my own flesh and blood here and the the argument this investment group is coming in with a 24 percent stake so about a quarter percent of this does that also add kind of a negative pressure to Alpine to perform to this level, knowing that Ryan, 
that Mr. Reynolds or Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds is also <laughs> called. Whatever. You know, I, gotta, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't want to say. It. I don't want to. Mr. Reynolds. I don't want to say Ryan because I don't know the guy. You know, <laughs> like, like I don't know. Like, no, I, it's fair. It's no. But like, so Just call him double R. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do that. <laughs> Stop it. You know, I can't roll my R's. <laughs> you do this every time. <laughs> you always find a way to roll the R when you know I can't. <laughs> so I don't like it. <laughs> so Mr. Reynolds. Does he demand results to continue that momentum to continue with them? Obviously, it's going to take time. It's not a. I, it's not a twenty-four. We're going to be winning. It's a very much. It sounds very clear. Twenty-six is the goal. Well, this is what's but. I find interesting with this business decision, right? Is that most investors that we see or hear about is they throw money at it, they own a percentage, and then they demand results. Whereas so far from what I can tell, and I could be wrong because I mean, I haven't heavily researched this, but from what I can tell with Ryan Reynolds is that he will invest and then he will put in his time Mm -hmm. and help get the results, right? He's not the kind to just throw money, sit back and be like, okay, now you guys make me more money. So I'm wondering what that's going to look like. I yeah. don't know that that's going to add pressure. I think it's going to add support. I think it will too. I just want to. I just want to um, acknowledge. I mean, I feel like I'm a hater right now, or I sound like Aww. I'm a hater. But is, no, no, no. But but, but how everybody's ball. exactly. Thank <laughs> you, know? you, thank you. And the we owners a- haters ball as well. <laughs> um, I, I, I just, I just have to laugh at the difference between everybody is so fired up about Ryan Reynolds, you know, buying his, uh, you know, 24% stake or what have you, and what, how excited they are for him to invest not only his time, but also, or not only his money, but also his time and his thoughts and his input, and how Lawrence Stroll has just been lambasted year after year for Aston Martin, you know, like. Well, the difference but, is that Ryan Reynolds is a hero and Lawrence Stroll is a villain. No, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, really no, no, because that adds to really the pageantry. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the thing is, right, it's about results. Fair. Yeah, you're if right. If you and look at the year, results, yeah. I'm sorry, but uh, he's resulted in showing that he can own Formula One company. He hasn't resulted in showing that he can do anything with it until this year. Until this year, yeah. right? But that was, also, that was so, after a mass. But I but think to that result, a massive restructure for the team to get. Yes, the but what I'm saying is the results aren't there. He has the capital. He has the investment. He has the ownership. But it's been kind of mid. Right. Until this year. Yeah. So it's not that it's Ryan Reynolds and he's so loved and we're excited because he's loved. I think actually, no, that's a lie. I think for most people, that's the case. For me, Mm. it's not that it's him. He could have any other name and not be a celebrity. But if I saw the fact that every company he's been with has been taken from the middle to the top. I'd be interested to see what he does with this. You make a good point. You're very good at deflating my uh, my. Arguments. Keep in mind, we do My need some disagreements. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I or appreciate else this it. show would be boring. I appreciate <laughs> it, but I'm just saying, I'm. I disagree. Uh, you're you're not sh- wrong. You're not if wrong. This show was only about promoting Lewis Hamilton. I would still love it. <laughs> I would not be a co-host. <laughs> I know you would not be no, a part of my show at all. No. <laughs> That's the joke. No, we um, need the fights. We need. We definitely need the we fights. We need the Russells. Speaking. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. Tell that to Peter Windsor. <laughs> good segue. <laughs> Moving on to um, something in the lines of Ryan Reynolds and and that stuff. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, of course, being a Canadian now stakeholder in an F1 team, just as we have a Canadian owner of an F1 team, uh, Aston Martin, which. 
brings in one of the reasons one of the reasons why I like Ryan Reynolds being more into F1 is that we don't have to have a automatic we have to somewhat support Aston Martin for being the only Canadian owned team. Yeah, we at least get F1. some good mm-hmm. representation. We get some var- we get some variety, right? We get some little some some some, some Teresa's despair. What will happen here? I'm just saying, man. But, I'm just saying. Yes. Who would you rather who would rather represent? No. Who would you rather have representing you as a Canadian? Me as a Canadian. Stroll or Reynolds? Lawrence Which, Stroll? Yeah, oh, yeah. That, that's like, an important question. Which yeah. Stroll? Because Lawrence Stroll, Because yes. I shopped at Zara in grade, what was we, it, we grade nine? Did. Yeah, We used yeah. to get bullied because, hey, <laughs> because we were saying, too metrosexual. <laughs> and now my manager, my manager at my work um, uh, recommended I shop at Zara the other day, and it just gave me, like, Vietnam flashbacks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we've also been a Tommy Hilfiger and Polo and everything, which is Lawrence Stroll. Yeah. And the thing I like about Lawrence Stroll coming in as an owner is that Lawrence Stroll shows to be kind of a business villain to be able to get what he needs to get and an, and an icon of that and I can and I can respect that but that leads to my overall thoughts on another news article I found um, from via planet f1 which is a speculation of Lance Stroll on Lawrence Stroll's team and does the son get the job because of daddy and all that type and and and, and all nepotism that's the word I was looking for uh, and the problems with the one, and to tie into our good friend, our depressing, depressing uh, musician, Charles Leclerc. Is and there a new Ferrari. out? I no. I've been looking. Oh, why, been looking. why would you tease me like that? Because because hmm. I I wanted to see the excitement. I wanted to see the smile on your face. I got face, so excited everything. for a sec. I was me like, too. yes, give um, me another, give me another depressive song. Yeah. Um, there was one time where I was I was actually listening to Miami. Uh, or sorry, that's not the correct name. It's Mia colon open parentheses twenty three colon uh, close parentheses. Uh, I was actually we had a stormy day here in Abbotsford, and I, I, I was sitting on my balcony just listening to that. I was like, "This is pretty." Yeah, perfect. It, it feels like good life. music to listen through, you know, your your iPod or or phone or whatever, like while you're leaning sadly against a bus window when there's like <laughs> at the back of the bus, you know. But you're also you're, getting passed by all the other buses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's just ju- there's just hundreds of umbrellas on the yeah, street, you know, exactly. and and people are anonymous, and it's yeah. it's just you're looking out and depressed and it's raining hard and you're wearing those like skinny black converses and yeah 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 bus breaks down on the side of the road and you have to wait yeah you you know what kind of teenager i was (laughs) (laughs) maybe this is the hope because this article talks about the idea of some drive some driver mix-ups and driver swaps and buying out charles leclerc to go contract because it ends in 24th ferrari Mm. uh and goes to Aston Martin to go. And, I would say and go and place a stroll. Right. Do you I don't think, think it's he'll even relief? I don't think Charles will, will ever leave Ferrari. Yeah, I think Charles. the familial connection, you know, the whole w- with his dad and and you godfather know, and his godfather. But you know, when he when he said to was it his his dad who passed away and he said you know the whole there was a story where he said yeah. I, I'm driving for Ferrari now and then you know after he had passed he got the call and and his big thing was you know I'm glad I. I'm not. I'm no longer a liar or whatever. Um, not whatever, but I don't. I think that Charles will, yeah. will retire with Ferrari. I think that's just where he's going to be, win or lose. I think. I. I think I agree. I think that there are some teams and some drivers that are so connected on another level that mm-hmm. it's almost unfathomable or unimaginable. You can't really imagine 
Mm-hmm. You know, you can't imagine Mercedes without Lewis or Lewis without Mercedes, yeah. I should say. Uh, uh, you, Red you, Bull without Verstappen or uh, vice versa. Red Bull without yeah. Verstappen, uh, Ferrari without Leclerc. It's just those drivers and those teams, that's kind of their home, right? But they the, might have uh, driven for other teams before they got there, but since they've been there, we don't think of them as an ex-Williams driver or an ex-this driver or an ex-that driver. We think of them like they've always been part of Mercedes, Ferrari, or, or Red yeah. Bull. Uh, it always remind, reminds me, learning that there are people out there who forget that Lewis Hamilton got to start a McLaren. Just like people, there are people, yeah. who, there's a generation of people who don't know that Kobe Bryant wore number eight yeah. uh, on their jersey. It's also really kind of remarkable to me sometimes. Mm-hmm. But that being said, is this, but is it with Charles Leclerc, is it this is their home and they're going to stay there? Or is it one of those sometimes the the son has to leave the family home to go to college no. and discover who they are. No. I like the straight up no. Yeah. no. I I, no. I have one no. comment to make and I apologize okay. ahead of time, but I, I just can't be serious right now. Um, I don't think Charles Leclerc will ever leave Ferrari because he's too fashionable. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, he looks too good in red. He looks yeah. too good in red. Yeah. He yeah. is an absolute he, gorgeous guy. Have you, have oh you, gosh. was it with Even you? Even better than Ryan Reynolds. In that right. Could you, something. could you imagine, was, could you imagine a Alpine podium, like a Pierre Gasly oh podium? I don't care where he is in the podium. Let's say third. Let's just give him third. Okay. He's got it, a nice he, smile. He, yeah. Pierre, Pierre Gasly, Gasly. Pierre Gasly. It says smile. Charles, Charles Leclerc, <laughs> Charles Leclerc and Lewis or Max? Let's be honest. It's only Lewis or Max on that podium there. What are we doing right now? The yeah, point is, you... but imagine this podium: yeah. Lewis or Max, Charles Leclerc, Pierre Gasly, Ryan Reynolds in the in the press. That's a gorgeous photo. Pierre Gasly. He's 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 pretty hot. Even Max Verstappen. I was saying, I'm, pure, I'm just talking about pure looks. Okay. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying, though. That's no, what no, I'm saying. No, no. You think Max Verstappen looks better than... No, I'm I mean, just... Okay. He's there because he's going to Put <laughs> him up there, bro. He's he's seen that win. picture of him in the Aston Martin gear last season? Have Ooh, we seen Botas in the sauna? Have you seen Botas's last picture? No, no, but wait, wait, wait. I agree with Gasly because he does have a look for him. It's not conventional. But to those who can appreciate that kind of beauty, it is beautiful. Verstappen looks like a carp to me. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Look, Verstappen. He looks like a fish. I just, I can't, you know. Lewis is up there. Lewis would be up there. Lewis would be up there. I mean, even Alonso, he knows how to pull it off, you know. Alonso under a good light and, you know, after a trip to the barber. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The only reason why I put Verstappen up there is because realistically he is going to be on the podium. There's no podium without him. (laughs) Right. But, Um, oh man, a Lewis Charles Leclerc and and no, but was it was Lewis it with you? Lewis just makes love to the camera every single time he's on, and it's it's crazy. Was <laughs> it with you that we were talking about uh, Leclerc and how before, like, as soon as he hops out of the car, before approaching the microphone, there's yeah. always like a baggie of goodies for him that yeah. one of the guys brings out, and yeah. he just starts putting on the rings and the oh, bracelets yeah. and the oh, yeah. the watches. I've started watching it more. Right, and it's like. Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> yeah. a fashionable yeah. guy, you know. Little so it's rings. like I don't see him just being like, I I see him just being like, no, I'm not I'm not going for for Red Bull. Blue doesn't look good on me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it, it clashes yeah. with my complexion. I could see it. I could there see was, it. There was one. I remember like last season. I think it was one of the times that he got a podium, and there was a picture of him hopping out of the car and putting a helmet on the podium and just drinking a, a thing of water, and <laughs> resent it to me. And he's like, 
it's not fair that he's this goddamn sexy. It's crazy. Right? It's like, it's crazy. He's not even trying. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, doesn't have a car. And he's yeah. drinking a bottle of water. And it's he's like, just been oh, sweating for two um, hours in a sea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That was not me. <laughs> that was not me. That was not me. That was not me. I was talking, so it wasn't me. Yeah. I don't know who did that. I don't These know. are bits. Think of the bits. But, Think but of the bits. To, to jump back onto it, though, to solve the, Lord, the Lance Stroll problem, but kind of brings in kind of similar situation with George Russell and Lewis Hamilton, especially if Charles Leclerc does do this and goes to not. no, let's just, let's just I, hypothetically. Okay. Okay. Hypothetically here, instead of doing that. hypothetically, let's break it up into two sections, right? Because okay. you have two sections. You've yeah. got Lance Stroll being replaced. You've yeah. got Leclerc leaving Ferrari. We can all agree he's probably not going to leave Ferrari. Should Lance Stroll be replaced is a completely yeah, other yeah. conversation. Who we could can reasonably have. be expected to replace Lance Stroll? I and would put would Carlos Sainz up there. I don't think that it would happen. With, I don't think with that his dad these, being, you know, who yeah. he is. Lance Stroll is going to be there. Charles is going to be on Ferrari. I don't know. See, I would say that with depending on, especially with the pressures right now, kind of what you're saying, Reese, about the gap between him and Fernando, the fact that he has a car to not have that gap. I think there is a pressure, and it's not that Lawrence has this, Lawrence Stroll has this remarkable, I say, whatever. He has a business investment to to back up. And if his his business people are saying, you are not doing that with your son in the car, you have to get rid of the son. He has an obligation to uphold that, that asked Martin. I guess the question is, does Lawrence Stroll love Formula One more than he loves his son? That's that an, would be I'm, the question. That is a that's a that's a that's an almost, yeah, that's an impossible comes, question to answer. No, I don't think that it's, it is. It's not about love though. It's not about love. This is this is what happens with nepotism. Now, to be clear, right? Mm. I do agree with nepotism on most situations. I don't I don't feel that it's an unfair blah blah blah. Most of the jobs I've gotten are part nepotism because I was friends with someone who worked there and I got the job. Right? And that is no difference in family ties. So I'm not going to speak out against the nepotism Family Ties, great song, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but there are certain points where nepotism becomes a harm to the company. Now, yes. regardless of whether or not this is Formula One or just any other business, right? If you're going to pass over your business to your son and you realize that he isn't a good business person you're going to want your company and your legacy to kind of go on. You might hire someone out. We see this in businesses all the time. Sometimes we see the businesses that don't and how they kind of fail with that, right? HBO but just I, did four seasons of this uh, idea, extrapolated succession. Yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and I don't think that how someone wants to treat their legacy in comparison to whether or not they leave it into the hands of their lineage, I don't think that that's a question of which one do they love more, right? And so with that, I don't think that it's does he love Lance or does he love Formula One? I think how good of a business person is he that he's able to set his emotions aside, see that this is not working and change things up. But I think that until Lance, like if that's his decision... Because there's so much more to his business portfolio than just Formula One. Absolutely. Um, so until he's ready, I don't know whether he'll be handing it off to Lance or his sister or, or whatever. Um, but until that happens, like as long as Lance Stroll wants to be racing in Formula One, he will be racing in Formula One. I think I think so. Whether or not he is racing for his father's company, that is where I wonder what is the father's capacity to set his emotions aside and make business decisions. Mm. 
is Lauren Stroll the kind of business person who can sit back and be like, you know what, I love you, son, but this is not working for my business? Or is he the type that's going to be like, no, you know what, he isn't that good of a driver, but we're going to keep him because he's my son? Mm. That's fair. And I don't, I'm not in his head, so obviously I can't say anything. I have no I idea. Just, uh, yeah. It makes a great premise for a TV show. It does. It does. <laughs> yeah. Each yeah. episode is a question of whether or not the son's going to get fired from the drive or not. Yeah, <laughs> we can call alert, it Does the Daddy son does Love not Me? not get fired from the drive. We, but, can, we, we can call it Does Daddy Love Me? <laughs> a race to P1. Could you imagine, could you imagine if, it's, if it's just a. Uh, <laughs> it's actually not bad. Yeah, that's a solid one. Does Lance get P1? You should be hired by Aston Martin for their, for their reality TV yeah. show. That's right. Uh, Ryan Reynolds Netflix, is where are you at? He's going to pick her up. Yeah. Yeah. Netflix. Netflix. Lawrence Stroll. Do you even know what that is, Marianne? I mean, I've heard of it. <laughs> Lawrence Stroll gives the gives the the keys to the kingdom to the daughter, and the daughter just fires Lance right away for out of spite. <laughs> this is for the cheeses you ate. Yeah, you know what? I, my friends. If it was my brother, I would. Oh, one hundred percent. Like that's what siblings sorry. are for. See, that's that's the difference, though, is that if it was his sibling owning the team, and if it was his sibling running it and and watching this, I think that he would have already been gone. But yeah. it's his dad, and I mean, I, I I just don't see it happening. The same way that I don't see Charles leaving Ferrari, I just think that. Until there are massive shakeups, um, I don't see either of them leaving. And I think that there have been massive shakeups, but but like for example, uh, Charles. Going back to that, um, one, there's the family thing with Ferrari. But two, every move that Ferrari has made has been to like better Charles' position. I mean, even bringing Fred Vasseur in. I mean, someone who has a track record of of being a Charles, you know, um, um, supporter fan. You know, yeah. champion. He'll do whatever it takes to give Charles a better drive. I think that Ferrari is doing the right things to keep Charles, um, knowing knowing that his heart will always want to be with the team. If he was somebody that was seriously exploring other teams just for a change of pace, I think they would have already written it off. Yeah. Um, but they know that he wants to be there. He knows that they know that he wants to yeah. be there. So they're making moves to 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 improve his position in the team and i think that that's the right move he's a ferrari driver exactly fair enough you know you cannot label him as anything else even if you were for a season to put him with mercedes you will always think of charles leclerc as a ferrari driver has so much promise but same with same with sebastian vettel being a a red bull driver exactly you know he was with ferrari um but he will be always forever a red bull driver yeah that's when we were when it's and like and like ferrari has all the potential charles leclerc and then all the tragedy of not achieving that potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of achieving not poten- of people not achieving the potential, an, uh, maybe a, an option that I've been wondering about to jump in, jump in that extra seat, you might say, uh, to to Aston oh Martin boy. is uh, what about Yuki Spinoda? I mean Yuki Sonoda. At Aston Martin. At Aston Martin. Well, Honda, and he is driving. Uh-huh. Uh, he isn't. He's Good driving point. the North with Honda. In there, in Honda's GP, GT3 car, he is supposed to be driving uh, a cut-down version of uh, something. Uh, he's driving an NSX GT3 Evo with on the North Shelf. He's doing another. Um, that's the Nurburgring, the 12-hour Nurburgring event in September. I'm actually looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. Um, and then there's also, because he's doing that with uh, Sebastian Vettel and Daniel Ricciardo are both there, are both going to be there at doing the same event. And Yusunoda's doing other events with Honda He's lined up to do all the other events for Honda in the off season, and Honda comes into Red Bull as co- comes into Aston Martin as their engines supplier in 2026. 
So, mm. Yuki Sonoda, I... I would say, out of all the drivers on the grid right now, Sonoda has shown me the most growth in terms of his role. And I think that the problem with his, the problem with where he is, is just the car is just not good. Um, but in terms of him not him not spinning out as much and everything else, like he's, yeah. he's done the most. He's, he's just dialed had, it in for yeah, sure. He's definitely also had the, th- the, the worst luck in terms of I last few laps loses out on points in that. I think, I think, and sorry, Marianne, just not to cut you off, but no, I, no. I think, I think that Yuki Tsunoda's um, recent successes and this year in particular has made it less likely for him to go to Aston Martin, just because I think that Red Bull, as an organization, wants to keep him in their back pocket more so than they want someone like a Sergio Perez. I think that Tsunoda has proven that he is not finished. Uh, um, improving, growing. growing. Yeah. He he's come leaps and bounds from where he started, um, and I think that he is at this point jockeying, um, knowingly or not, um, for that coveted number two Red Bull driver position. Um, and I think that it's more likely that they keep him within the Red Bull family than he decides to make the jump. But before you jump in, Marion, sorry to counter your point though. Mm-hmm. The other seat I could see Sonoda taking is McLaren. And McLaren and Aston Martin have been, like, are right now in their rebuilds are taking Red Bull talent. And if, if Red Bull is having that secret back pocket with Yuki Sonoda, would it not make sense for these two teams who are coming in with a lot of Red Bull DNA to say, we're going to take Red Bull's next ace in the hole? Not for McLaren. Or, or next the two things that McLaren have going for them right now are their drivers. Yeah. Oscar I, P- Sorry. I wouldn't necessarily go as far as saying for McLaren with Sonoda and I'd argue with a couple of the the other drivers that are at the bottom um there are some and Sonoda's at the top of this list where I would really love seeing him in a in a good car I don't think he's going to get that in McLaren um I agree I also think that when we're looking at trading drivers it's not all on the company right Red Bull might want to keep Sonoda, but if Sonoda wants to leave, he's going to go, right? And and Austin Martin might want Sonoda, and if Sonoda wants to stay with Red Bull, he'll stay with Red Bull. So it really depends on the driver, and Sonoda is not very readable. He's not like Leclerc. We can't look at Sonoda and be like, oh, he's a Red Bull driver. Mm-hmm. We don't really know what kind of driver he is yet. He hasn't been established with a team as his home. In in the sense of you think Mercedes Lewis Hamilton, I, you know, I, I agree kinda, with you there. I guess what I'll say to that is, um, you can picture him being traded. Well, well, that, but also like people have talked a lot about Nick Devries this season and about how bad he is and about how he should be on the chopping block and about how he's underperformed and and whatnot. But they were saying the same things about Tsunoda in his debut season last year you know last year even yeah i mean they've they've been saying that about him and red bull as an organization i think it was helmut marco who said that's not even a question for us like we are going to keep him we see something in him he like we want him to be a red or in our red bull family or Tsunoda. Tsunoda. you know they they stood by him in a way that they haven't with devries um and i think that that's i mean if i'm Tsunoda, at least having the the most dominant organization in formula one basically telling everybody to back off because we still believe in him that would go a long way well, and I- sure but if you are at sonoda and that goes a long way and they're still getting you on alpha Tauri instead of the actual red bull team and then it's true the one company that is competing with red bull right now comes up to you and says hey we'd like you to drive with fernando 
Especially with backers that as someone, historically have backed him a lot too with Honda. As as a driver it's who true. wants to drive, who wants to be up there at the at, at the top poles, do mm-hmm. you wait the five years until they get rid of either Verstappen or Perez and then there's an opening for you? Or do you jump into the opportunity to, opportunity to be in a car that actually gets you points and gets you up there you're not you're not wrong in that sense and i i agree that it would it would make sense in a vacuum um if it was me and i guess i can't really say this with certainty just because i'll never be a formula one driver but if it was me never in that up. position of <laughs> yeah, yeah never give up. fantasies yeah. are important that that uh number uh highway number one drive to quinnell and back certainly makes me feel like it sometimes <laughs> think about but, that guy that grand Turismo movie but the guy that played video games enough to get it exactly exactly <laughs> f1 23 for manager. me for me um and I, I i don't know if we're gonna have time to really get into this topic but the ghost of daniel ricardo would really make me it would give me pause well um, when it comes to leaving red bull that's actually perfect because um that's the first point and i think in lewis's case you have to put him alongside other multi-world champions and see how magically he's been able to retain his motivation whereas others have always lost it with more fame with more money with more success has come a certain laziness I mean, for Daniel Ricciardo, it happened even before he won a world championship. So, <laughs> so perfect segue into our next topic here is a double whammy because this morning, um, actually, you know, we saw our father texted us. Our father always says, Marion, that he's not a Formula One fan. Oh, back in my day, I watched it and I used to love the Prost, the Senna, and all these things and the Schumacher, but I don't like it. And then he repeatedly. My dad's a Senna fan. Everyone's mm. a Senna fan. If you're a Formula One fan, you're a Senna fan, yeah. right? But our father keep continuously texts us news updates, like current news updates of the sport, and we go, mm. oh, this is a really cool thing. We, we go to talk to him about it. He's like, well, I'm not a fan. I'm not I a think fan. that it's that he's he, it's less that he's a Formula One fan and more that he's a news fan. Fair enough. Well, sure. wait. But, there's also there's also a difference between a fan and an interest, right? And I think that especially with the older generation, I see this a lot with my parents, where fan for them is fanatic. It's it's you're really crazy about something, but it's just normal. Like my parents don't identify as a fan of Formula One, but they like it and they watch it and they know a lot about it, mm. right? And it's because it's an interest. But it's not their entire personality. Yeah. And so yeah. they don't think of being a fanatic. So it, it might it. might be that, that distinction why he says, I'm not a fan, but here's some stuff. It's because mm-hmm. I'm not a fan, but this is interesting. Yeah. Yep. And he knows that it's an interest for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he likes to be a part of that. So, I, yeah. yeah, I get it. But speaking of drivers on the move and everything, and drivers not having a really great performance, uh, we th- you obviously think of Red Bull's coveted second seat of Sergio Perez. You think of Yuki Tsunoda on the move and Alpha Tari being up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. But we finally get to our good old boy. I know Aaron, station manager Aaron Levy's behind us right in front of me right now. Yeah. Uh, talking to me. We get to our good boy, Danny Rick, who openly says, I feel there is still unfinished business with me and Formula One and that speculation, especially with the idea of Alpha Tauri and Alpha Tauri's. That's the seat that everyone says, you know, you look at Nick DeBreeze or Nick DeVries, sorry. Um, and I, I, by the way, I, I'm not meaning to be mean to the driver. Actually, I am because you are. <laughs> you are. It's it's the driver's the driver hater ball today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the and owners. And owners. And owners. <laughs> but specifically, 
Danny Rick at Alpha Tauri and just Danny Rick in any Wait, car. You want to put Danny Rick in an Alpha Tauri? I want to put Danny Rick. Why? I, I want to put Danny Rick in the spectators box. That's where I want. I, well, I know, I know that. Yeah. Me too. Uh, and like, and it's nothing against him personally. Uh, People always say like, <laughs> I I have I friends it. that you know have watched Drive to Survive, and and they yeah. oh, how could you hate Daniel Ricardo? And it's like I don't hate him. He's just had his chance. That's he was be... a driver, and he flamed out. Yeah. And now he's done, and let him be done. It's fine. He wasn't an Alonso where it was. Oh well, look at the cars that he was driving. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, to a degree, yeah. But he also drastically underperformed in those cars. Yeah. He yeah. left the sport with a uh, low, low value, and now he spent another uh, a year totally outside of the sport or off of the grid, and so that further lowers his value. I cannot imagine any team that would be like, you know who we need to really get us up into the points? That Daniel Ricardo guy. No, and, and you bring up you bring up really good points as to why Danny Rick shouldn't be put into any car, Alpha Tauri or otherwise. I'm just curious as to why anyone would put anyone in a car in Alpha Tauri. <laughs> a monkey can drive the can drive the Alpha Tauri. Short look to the past. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. That's my my thing. Is why would you why why would that be a want? It's a need yeah. for a career it's, update. Yeah. Sure, it's, you go yeah. from Formula Two to Alpha Tauri to hopefully get seen by one of the real teams. But like, yeah, like why? It's, it's a seat in F one. The Charlotte Bobcats. Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. The Charlotte yeah. Hornets. I guess. Yeah, all <laughs> of the Bobcats were, were there for a bit. Time yeah, too. but also, um, but it's a seat in F one. It's back in there, and if the rumors of this whole. He's doing well in the simulations, and I guess you know Danny Rick is going to be driving the RB19 in Silverstone for the for the tire testing, which is finally which is being broadcasted this year, sure. most likely Let on him F1 have TV. His fun, but that's yeah, it. and it's it's like, I do mean, you really want to see him in there? Technically, the side benches are also a seat in F1. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Box. Exactly. <laughs> and and like, yeah. If you think of all the news of Alpha Tauri, and, and you especially, you, you, I think this matters with Ryan Reynolds coming in too. To not because obviously he's with Alpine, but the idea of of boosting up a team and the team's value. F one teams are being sought after. You know, like Alpha Tauri at the beginning of the season was yeah. there's talks was of bit, Red Bull selling two billion it, and then or one billion. Yeah. Oh, we don't know the number. We don't know the actual number. And uh, in terms of Alpha Tauri being strengthened up, and Helmut Marco has come has said no, we're not looking to strengthen the team. No, so we're not looking to sell the team, strengthen it, get it back into there. The next step of growth for this team is to fight for points in that. That being end to grow its assets. I could totally see if they have no other option. You have Yuki. You put Daniel in there. You take. You steal some points from from constructors teams and that stuff. You boost it to be a good product for other teams for other people to come in and put as a stakeholder. Here's the problem: is that formula is sixty percent car, forty percent driver. Yes. yes. And so it doesn't matter. You could put Verstappen in an Alpha Tori. He'll it's only not get P three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, lo and behold, it's not going to happen. Forty percent would be pulling a lot of weight. If yeah. Verstappen's in an well, maybe for Verstappen, it's a fifty. Yeah. But either way, yeah. yeah. You I know, see what you're saying. I agree. With it's you. not. I don't see the point in anyone wanting to be in AlphaTauri unless it's a career upgrade. I right? think that I think that it is a good place to showcase your value, though. I mean, Sunoda's putting that car in places it doesn't and, deserve to be. But that's what I mean. It's a yeah. career upgrade. Yeah, right. It is not, and it's you, getting an F one seat, no matter where, a career upgrade for Danny Ricardo. It, well, it wouldn't be a career upgrade. It'd be it'd be kind of a why. We already know what you can yeah. do. 
Yeah. Right. He's showcased himself. Mm-hmm. So at this point, it's it's a step down or a step to mediocrity, because he's not going to bring up the yeah. team. The team needs better tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not better drivers. And having the team and with, is he a better driver than who's in there right now? Uh, he's he more popular. Than DeVries? He's definitely more popular. Yeah. It's, it's kind of what I said to Taryn the other day. He's got a cute smile. He's got a cute. It's exactly it. I was saying to Taryn, like Daniel Ricardo is good at what he does, and that is he every week he dutifully puts on his clown makeup and he goes to the paddock and he performs a show. I mean, he's getting trotted out like the corpse of Sea Biscuit at the Kentucky Derby right now every week. <laughs> that is bringing dark. him out. Seriously <laughs> that is so though. Dark. Seriously though. Like, I love it's, it. It's and it's nothing again. That's his value to the team, and he can do that. He's as, very mascotty. Yeah, but uh, but and that's and that's my point. You know, why put him week. exactly? Why put exactly. him in AlphaTauri? Exactly. Uh, AlphaTauri is either they need better cars, mm-hmm. in which case then it yeah put a better driver in. Yeah. Or either they keep being mediocre cars and putting beginning drivers, right, and getting them a chance to showcase how they fight in the low to middle end of the race. Yeah. yeah. And then and that's what they've always Red been. Bull being like, hey, I like how this person was driving in the lower to mid and mm-hmm. we're going to put them to the mid and high. Mm-hmm. That That is perfect strategy for me. Mm-hmm. But taking a driver where it's like, he's been driving for years, we know what his style is, we know what his abilities are, and we're going to put him in this showcase mm-hmm. team that we have mm-hmm. is why you're taking away the opportunity to hire someone that could showcase something different. Like an F2 and driver. And he absolutely and... stabbed Red Bull in the back. He bet on himself and he lost. And as a result of that, Red Bull lost. They they could have been up there in 2019, in 2020. I mean, they had a pretty good car. Mercedes' car was, I mean, obviously they were better. But Red Bull could have, I mean, the whole... The it whole was up there, yeah. show of you know, first, I mean, I mean, Alex Albon, you know, Pierre Gasly, that whole circus could have been avoided if Danny Rake had just weathered the storm and and stuck to Red Bull, and he didn't. decided to be number two. He chose not to, and now he's there, hat in hand, asking, "Please, sir, may I have some more?" The answer is no. I'm sorry, but you are where food, you deserve to be. Glorious food. Seriously, like, <laughs> like I don't know. I, I, if I'm Christian. Horner, I I don't know if I would have even taken him as reserve driver, bro. That well, was well, so disrespectful, and the way that it went down, it's like, well, that's a very job of the hut takes Princess Leia move, you know. Yeah. Christian Horner, how do you mean? Christian Horner, job of the hut takes Princess Leia. Danny to, Rick, yeah, Danny Rick is Princess Leia, and just like I'm oh, bro, look at look at my I'm, look at I'm my trophy, my trophy, yeah, for sure. Oh, okay, but but, but I mean, man. Return of the Jedi. <laughs> I was confused with you as well. I'm yeah, just yeah. figuring Danny Rick in a golden bikini, and I'm just. The world Which is wanting he's, that. He's yeah. less than a step away from doing that next <laughs> <Yeah>. weekend. Like, <laughs> like the little the side buns. Even, At the Red Bull ring. You don't think he's going to... Even <laughs> if even if it was... I mean... Whoa. I just stopped whoa. myself. I was <laughs> right. going to say something even worse than the Corpse of Sea Biscuit. But, but, um, no, but, but I, if I'm Christian Horner, I wouldn't have even taken him as reserve. Just the disrespect... Like the the way that it went down, and I totally get that he's great for the brand, and it was a smart business move. But oh my god, man, it would have taken a lot but for me to take him back. Again, this goes back to the same argument I had with uh, Lawrence Stroll and Lance Stroll. Right? Is mm. emotions and business decisions? Yeah, it goes the same way when you hate someone than when you love someone. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And, and I think it was smart for them to it have was. Danny Rick 
there on camera it was i don't think they need to put him in a car i'm i'm with you it it was absolutely a good business decision to choose him as their reserve driver yeah to have him in the marketing to have him again with the red bull family i'm just saying i don't especially think after especially during a time where they're being questioned for potential budget cheating although like, uh, all around question. that same window of, of time to really yeah. boost i think PR. it's less with the budget and wait wait wait, 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 I, wait, agree, wait I agree with that too i just had a thought here yeah question about you agreeing that that's a smart business move yeah but it also adds to the pageantry touche i'm gonna touche. i'm gonna <laughs> it does <laughs> it does I'm you're gonna, right actually i'm gonna escape right. the studio so, but, but what's again, the better decision no, so this is the thing this danny is the thing. or reynolds this is the thing though right it adds to the pageantry and like reynolds like you're right because i i agree with you it, it is a smart business decision to add to the pageantry I just don't like it, you know? Like, absolutely, that's where the sport is going. Absolutely, it makes sense. Absolutely, for PR, from that perspective, from, you know... I mean, they do the weekly, you know, videos with the drivers and... Oh, what do you know about Max Verstappen? I, I, you know, who's... Yeah, I I do hate those. The YouTube videos of, like, let's grab three Formula One drivers and do Have I Never. We asked the drivers of Team Red Bull who their favorite. Like, I, I, I don't like that, but it is an inherent part of the sport now. So while it adds to the pageantry and that makes it a smart business decision, I still don't like it. I will say, though, in terms of the the YouTube videos that we... I think I, I also don't really like the Never Have I Ever ones. I think this season, the last couple of seasons are worse, though, because um, a couple of seasons ago, we had Sebastian Vettel in, in the driver lineup and he gave us such golden lines of... Uh, Charles Leclerc says that he's 6'1", 6'2". Yeah. He's a liar. No. I've seen that man naked. He's not six foot. <laughs> we had those lines. Why, why does why does being naked have anything to do with that? <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just no, take no, no. off just the take shoes. shoes off. <laughs> but it's Sebastian Vettel, and Sebastian it's great. just wanted this all to know. <laughs> yeah. Is there, you know I mean? is there, you know, another part of the body yeah. that he had confused with the six feet part? Like, <laughs> we're, we're Knowing Charles Leclerc, who knows? <laughs> we can only dream. We can only, kind of measurements we can only dream and have here? nightmares about For it. Real. Yeah. yeah. But the point is, is that, like, some of them were better in the past. It's like you're before. saying your intestines are, like, four miles long. You yeah. Know? Not really, yeah. but if you stretch it out. But... I, I was kind of saying I would like to see Daniel Ricardo in the sport again, but like you're saying, Marianne, you don't necessarily need to be a driver to be in F1 the sport. I think he'd be a great commentator the way Jensen Button is. Yeah. And I think that you you can see what um, Jensen Button's actually kind of taken a very Fernando Alonso-esque move of takes a time away. He goes into other racing leagues and start to train himself a lot. And he's yeah. even saying, like, you know, I'm training the way Alonso did to get into the, to the World Endurance Championship. I think Daniel Ricciardo could have a good racing race driver, racer, so race driving career if he went to another league. I don't think he ever will. I don't think he ever. I agree. Same with as you. Lewis. If they, if, if they leave sport, that's it. No more racing. They'll either be commentators or they'll just choose other ventures. Yeah, the, the and, that's, thing and that's, is, that's that's where sorry, where I want to say is that like. I agree with you there too, Reese. I just think like I don't see why why can't Danny Rick take his eighteen million dollars, but also just put the clown makeup on and just be a commentator for us. Have him yeah. interview. Have him interview sure. the other drivers 
that he lost against <laughs> to, to to go like, hey, how do you think about this drive here, guys? Don't you th- don't you yeah. don't you think it's crazy? <laughs> you know, like how he does. That's next wow. year's driver's interview. <laughs> yeah. We asked every driver in the Formula One grid whether they think they would beat Daniel Ricciardo. That'd be great. <laughs> I feel like that's always a trick question in interviews when people are like, do you think you could beat this person? It's like they're a competitor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If they exactly. say no, they're lying. If they exactly. say yes, they're like overshooting themselves. You yeah. literally just. Not in this them. case, because yeah, exactly. in this case, 90% of the grid have. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. it's the, it's exactly. the, inter- yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. But it's still, it's the interviewer version of, you know, how does this dress look on me? Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's a trap. Yeah. Yeah. There's no right answer. There's no right answer. It's a good point, actually. I agree with you, though, Taryn. He should just give it up. He should be, accept being a talking head. I think he would be great at that. I think he would really shine much the same as Jensen Button. I don't, you know? I don't know. I don't know that he needs to talk necessarily but I think uh, he but doesn't kinda, need to but, but I think, think he would be good at this it. isn't an, he needs to do anything no I, I think, think he, he just, you just have him on the sidelines like you have this season you know every now and then pan a camera to him have all the girls in the audience go crazy yeah but yeah. he loves the attention and you then can he, tell and then he smiles at the camera and yeah. then they all you know and then the camera goes back to the race I think that makes and him sick like, inside if, <laughs> if you know I think that he is I mean they all Probably. are they're all you know, maybe not self-centered, but they love the attention. They love being the best. They love being <laughs> at the top of their craft. And I think that him being nothing more than a mannequin just kills him. It, it would if it was me, you know, whereas I think that being a successful, whether it's <clears throat> journalism, whether, you know, whatever you want to call that role, I think that he would get a lot more attention and a lot more eyeballs on him if he was doing that. And I think that that is what he wants. Possibly. That's fair. Possibly. Mm-hmm. He could also just retire. Yeah. Well, I think he, I think he just rich should. More to. people should retire. Normalize retiring at 35 if you have the assets. <laughs> uh, nor- normalize uh, quietly building your Dare wealth dream, after yes. 25. Yeah. Dare yeah. to dream. 35. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've got like four years left. And then... <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine I, I four years to retirement? Someone asked me the count. other day, is like, would you, like, would you be happy at 55 to retire? Obviously, the answer is yes. My response was like, if I'm like still grinding away at 55, I'm just going to like disappear for a few years and hope to God that something happens. Disappear. Well, I've, al- I've, always, I've always been the other way around, right? I'd rather live like a broke retiree right now yeah. while I'm young and I can just like do crazy stuff and go and travel and all that. And I'm okay with being 65 and working a nine to five because- I didn't plan my life properly. You could, you could be because like, I don't want to be sixty-five and then I'm retired and then I get to go to Mexico, but my heart can't take the airplane. And you know, that's it. <laughs> Seems like a win-win could, for me. If yeah. it's me, it's you 65. can you can be <laughs> you can you can dark. <laughs> Where's the world gonna be when I'm sixty-five years old, man? I don't like the world right now. Right, that's fifteen yeah. years. We're all gonna be yeah. dying. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Going, going yeah. back, be, going back could, to Danny Rick though. Da- Danny boy, oh, <laughs> Danny boy, oh Danny boy. It's a clever segue there, Marion. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Going back to old Danny. Wh- uh, where do you want to go with this? Like, I'll let you segue us. That's that's fair. I I think he's he's a pretty trophy. I think yeah. it's yeah. a smart business dis- like decision to have him. I don't think that any established driver should go to AlphaTauri. And that's more because yeah. of what AlphaTauri is than Danny Rick being the, Danny Rick. It'd the, be the same thing as if you were to say Alonzo is going to AlphaTauri or uh, Lance Norris. Um, Lando Norris. Lando Norris. Yeah, I've got a they stroll. They drive the same <laughs> way. <laughs> I, have a, I have a Lando stroll and Lance <laughs> yeah. 
Snorris like Lance Snorris. Yeah, right. right. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, that was. Bad. Or like, but but that's the thing. It's like these these drivers are already established. Yeah. Like, I feel like Haas, AlphaTauri, um, Alfa Romeo sometimes, mm-hmm. like even McLaren. These are good rookie teams. Mm-hmm. These are good teams that often fight each other and can showcase how someone's going to scrap it out. We know that the first year is usually a bad one, right? Like Tsunoda last year was not great. This year it's DeVries. DeVries might be better next year. But these are the team where you want to have a driver for a couple years, mm-hmm. see how they grow, see how they drive, and then bring them up to one of the better teams. Mm-hmm. You don't want to grab an established driver and put it in there. But what about if it's kind of a like Bottas situation with Sauber, Alfa Romeo Sauber, yeah. who goes in there knowing that it's being bought and taken over by Audi, and it's kind of a stick out this crap until the big until a high performance team comes in in a, in a new era and. Fi- to fix up the that entire team. That won't happen in AlphaTauri. I don't know? think it's going to happen in AlphaTauri. AlphaTauri specifically thinking. crafted for that to not happen. Yeah. Though. That's their trial run. You know what I mean? What about on, on, I wouldn't say Andretti because Andretti Motorsports is going to bring its own two drivers in. I think. <laughs> Are we still talking about um, Danny. Daniel Ricciardo? Danny, yeah. <sighs> I just wish that people would let the man be. I don't think, don't I, put him anywhere. If Andretti comes in, there's so much young talent. There's so many other people that deserve to be in the sport that have never had the opportunity to. Yeah. And you're going to throw it at somebody that has had multiple opportunities and has failed every single one of them. It's Hence like, come my on. Point. Yeah, exactly. You know, mm-hmm. put a put a rookie in mm-hmm. uh, in AlphaTauri. Yeah. Grab someone from F2, and, F3, you know. And speaking yeah. to that, Red Bull currently has about like three or four of the best drivers in the F2 championship right now. Yeah. Like they, they all sign on with Red Bull program. So, yeah. There we go. I do want to correct one thing, though. You said rookie teams like Haas, right? Haas's two drivers have m- more experience in F1 mm-hmm. than the bottom constructor teams. Absolutely. Combined, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, which just makes it better because I, they're a crap team. I'm happy to yeah. expand on that. Yeah. Yes. What I mean by rookie team is um, teams that should be rookies only. That's fair. Okay. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. Haas, Tell unfortunately. <laughs> Right. <laughs> has unfortunately has been the Nick you know when you don't know when to retire you go to Haas. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Mick, Mick yeah. Schumacher Mick Schumacher yeah, apparently put in a very very competitive competitive lap in the W14B on the, during the tire test. Uh, yeah, well they they all have yeah. their moments, yeah, you know, exactly. like every now and then Who's McLaren exactly. does really well, every now and then yeah. um you know Zhao had the fastest lap in Bahrain. Yeah, he did. You yeah. know, Good times. like every I now mean, and then, a bench player in the NBA would smoke me and pick up ball at the YMCA. You know, like they're, everybody at that level of their sport or their craft is very, very good. Yeah, are they good enough to be a starter? No, and, and that's, that's okay. And that's the thing. Like they're gonna have their moments where, yeah, they're good because you know they made it this far, mm-hmm. but they're not good enough to stay. That's fair. Also, I want to um, just quickly, um, when we talked about drivers synonymous with their team, we spoke about Lewis, we spoke about Max, we spoke about Charles. I want to throw Lando Norris in there as well, because I mean, for McLaren, like he is McLaren. 
you know i could i could see that um the only reason i didn't think of that is because i forget mclaren's a thing yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but that's a thing yeah yeah i'm i'm with you it's just you know there's a lot of is, talk about what's lando gonna do yeah, and if mclaren doesn't bring a competitive car next year it doesn't matter he's gonna be with mclaren it's a shame because they spent so it much is. money on being orange and yeah. having flashy ads but um yeah i yeah. i forget about them a lot Speaking of forgettable things, it's a very good segue because unfortunately, I always forget how much time we have have and don't have left. Oh wow, and that was like now, a cheesy segue. And we are <laughs> we are done. Listen, we can't all time have... flies when you're having fun. Time flies when you're arguing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're the Same last. Which is having Same fun thing. in our household. <laughs> it is. It is yeah. quite literally ninety percent of what we do. Um, but it is that time where we have to say goodbye on not a forgettable episode because this was a very fun episode. I but love it. We are not forgettable like McLaren, but is this is a forgettable an episode. Un- episode. Yeah, uh, a very mm. very Mercedes episode in my opinion. <laughs> mm-hmm. But unfortunately, it is time for us at the F World here at Civil 101.7 FM broadcasting on the unceded traditional territory of the Stella First Nations to say goodbye. Thank you for having me. I want to put that out yeah. there. I, I had Thanks a lovely for coming. time. Hey, I appreciate it. Um, from the start of the season till today, it's um, I'm looking forward to getting it's back a, here. It's a big, sure. Yeah, it's a big, we'll have to have, you know, have you on again. We actually More do frequently. have a... Uh, Voice from a listener from one of our friends, Cam the Man, from show saying, you know, it's a great day when you get to listen to your favorite Monday podcast while playing F1 2021 hey, on my computer. We love you, Doing Cam. Career mode. Yeah. Thank you all, Cam. And for all you listeners out there, then you can always find us on, on our Twitter and on our Instagram, the F World underscore pod on Twitter and the F World dot pod on Instagram. Always reach out and talk to us more. We love to hear from everyone as well. And to our homie in Belgium, who still is number one in our, in still. our stuff. You are the MVP, and we are yours in racing. And we are back here on Civil 101.7 FM to the F World, the deep dive podcast surrounding Formula One with the races, the qualifying sessions, and the breakdown of specifically this episode all the news surrounding the F1 cir- circus. Uh, I just want to take the time to uh, remind everyone that we broadcast live on CIVL.ca and, and obviously 101.7 FM. And we also broadcast in the Abbotsford building, the Abbotsford campus of the of the University of the Fraser Valley on the unceded and traditional territory of the Stalo First Nations. You can hear the fact that I've had way too much caffeine in my system. Um, Really apparent in that. Taurine. That that, that, no, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you jerk. How many, how, many, how many bovine puns can we get in this Scarlet episode? Scarlet taurine. <laughs> I prefer be. a nice maroon shade myself, but yeah. I'll allow for scarlet. So, so 